Presenting by Almost Sideways. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I drink your milkshake. If you only knew the power of the dark side. You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is how I win. Shall we begin? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Almost Sideways Movie Podcast. My name is Adam and these are my daily notes. And today's conversation is going to be about two films today. A brand new 2022 film. I can't believe it's already 2022. And But this film is going to be direct. We're going to talk about it's directed by Simon Kinberg. And that's called The 355. Or The 355, I should say. Starring Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o, Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz. That's a, a Sebastian Stan shows up there. And Fan Bingbing uh, also in there as well. Uh, and then we're going to also journey back. I kind of wanted to talk about some films that I had been called blind spots, but also movies that are celebrating, you know, anniversary, anniversary. So the first one I really wanted to uh, dive into, a blind spot here, is from 1987, surprisingly. And that's directed by Oliver Stone. And that is Wall Street, starring... Michael Douglas in his Oscar-winning role, and Charlie Sheen. So really excited for that, to conversations. So anyway, I um, hope everybody's doing really well. I've been also cramming in a bunch of 2021 movies uh, recently as well. I guess uh, one thing I would like to plug here is if you guys uh, would like to see more of my updated like movie thoughts, because I do plug a lot more reviews of films that I've been watching. So far, I'm up to 10 movies in 2022 already. We're only nine days in as of recording. So I'm going to watch a lot of stuff. I've been really kind of getting slower at work. Sometimes I we try to watch a couple movies if I'm able to. Um, but anyway, it's, it's been kind of really nice to kind of watch some so lots of, a lot of films. I think I just watched a, a Film Independent Spirit Award nominee called Pebbles. That was an India submission. I watched Sing 2 over the weekend as well, and I kind of enjoyed both of those those ones for the most part. Uh, what else did we watch recently? We watched What If from 2014. That was a really pleasant surprise. And Sola from last year as well. Some really cool watches. So if you guys would like to check out my thoughts on those, follow me on Letterboxd. Uh, just, it's a little app, free app here. You can keep, make track of your movie list and everything. Just type in Adam Daly up there and uh, you can find me up there follow give me a follow and uh yeah just a little extra little thing there so anyway uh without further ado let's jump into our first brand new release of 2022 and that is simon kinberg's the 355 remember that story that they told us about in training about george washington's first female spy during the revolution they called her agent 355 because they didn't want the world to know her real name. But her legacy lives on. We're the top agents from around the world. American, British, German, Colombian, Chinese. But now we have a common enemy. They can start World War III from simple reach of their keyboard. So we need to join forces. The 355, a group of top female agents from government agencies around the globe try to stop an organization from acquiring a deadly weapon to send the world into chaos. Like I said earlier on the top, the 355 stars Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o, Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz, and Fan Bingbing uh, as the main 
heroes of our story. And, you know, this is one that I wasn't entirely too interested in seeing, I'll be honest. But my, but my wife was like, I really want to see this one. She's a huge Jessica Chastain fan. And, you know, she's like, That's, I want to go see it. I'm like, let's go do it. Let's go, go go on a date and go watch the movie. And I had a lot of fun watching the film in theaters with uh, with her, especially when she's really on board and watches a film. I really, when my wife's super into a film, she always, like, jumps in the theater, or especially good action movies. That's exactly what happened in this film. So it was really just a fun experience watching this one with her. Um from the get-go. So I'll definitely give it props for that. Because it's a good date night movie. Um, and she's a huge Jessica Chastain fan too. She really uh, loves her. And I'm uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Diane Kruger. And I will speak about why I like them so much. in the, Especially in this movie here. Uh, but let's first thing. Talk about this uh, plot here. On the plot. Let's talk about Simon Kinberg. I think that's the, the one thing here. Simon Kinberg is known for producing like superhero movies. Like the X-Men franchise. Deadpool. He also produced The Martian here. And I believe this is only his second feature-length film that he's ever directed. His first one was X-Men Dark Phoenix, which I do not really enjoy at all. I thought it was actually rather boring and slow, and especially for an X-Men, that kind of the final film in that X-Men franchise before it really transitioned into Disney specifically. It was really disappointing. I thought there's a lot of interesting choices and reshoots that they did that kind of made that movie feel pretty bland. I, I want to say that I, I give Kinberg uh, some props here. He definitely learned to not make a bland movie. There are parts of this uh, 355 that are slower in the, mi in the middle. Even my wife had made that criticism too. That there are some slow parts, but the action definitely is entertaining. Uh, the, my one crit criticism about the action scenes in these films, even though especially the, the final, the climatic final battle here, was entertaining. It was really close up in your face, so it was kind of jumpy and uh, the camera movement a lot in it kind of gave me a headache at times just because it's just the action is so close you can't really focus on what exactly is going on i hate when action movies do that when they're focusing in on the the front of the action you can't really focus on what's happening really big nitpick and gripe for me i got that from the tech taken franchise as well uh, the 355 what i think what works well is that the chemistry between the ladies is actually pretty well done my the big sandwich of this cast for me is Lupita Nyong'o and Diane Kruger. I really love Lupita from uh, from her earlier work from Twelve Years a Slave to you know obviously Black Panther and of course Us. Uh, Little Monsters is a really underrated film that you guys should definitely check out on Hulu that she's also in. But Diane Kruger, I, I really enjoy her in this film. I, I clearly think that she's wearing her. Uh, her outfit from that she wore in, in the fade, which is one of the a foreign film that was really fantastic there, where she kicked a lot of butt in that film. But she also appeared in like National Treasure and uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards as well, a Mister Nobody, among other films. So she's just a really great actress too, and I really want to see her more project. And I thought she was a really big standout here, where she was definitely kicking a lot of ass in the film too. Uh, Penelope Cruz uh, doesn't do a terribly a lot of stuff, but she. That was one character I was like, did, why was she necessarily in the movie and why, how did she kind of work into this story? I thought she was just put in there maybe just because to get a different uh, demographic of nationality of a female uh, star here, which it doesn't, I don't mind it too much. She's a great actress and seeing her in here was awesome. I thought she had some good levity and some brought some funny punchlines to some of the different set pieces here too. Uh, but it just felt like she didn't, didn't really have as much action to do with as the other characters did. Jessica Jastain here is 
fine. I'm not a big on as my wife is on Jessica Chastain. I think she's a very talented actress in a lot of the projects I really do like. It just she doesn't really speak to me as an actress as someone I like I have to watch her films. I watch them and I'm entertained by them, but at the same time I'm not really just like thinking she's the best part of them. Fan Bing Bang uh, Bing Bing here uh, plays this um other operative here where she has a lot of kick-ass moments in her. She is definitely the one that's in the battle sequences a lot, especially doing martial arts stuff, which is awesome. Her scenes are always really cool. She's one that your eyes just gravitate to in the scenes. But one of the big weaknesses here, other than the cinematography, is also this, the villains. The villains are feeling pretty generic. This plot is a pretty generic like popcorn flick action film that should work just based off that. However, it, it's doesn't. It's kind of more of a '90s action film, but it, it falls a little bit flat to me. I think, unlike '90s action movies where the villains are kind of memorable, we see our two villains here. Um, Edgar Ramirez kind of is possibly a villain here. You get another um, Sebastian Stan kind of plays the villain too here as well, and you know he. I don't really, I don't know. He looks like the Winter Soldier, like from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show. So he doesn't really, it's not a big standout here. And unfortunately, I think if this film had a, in the hands of a better director, I think this could be a very entertaining watch, especially if you're going for that full 90s kind of cheesy action film. I think that's where that kind of the genre that are kind of looking to fit into. But I think the direction is what really is going to hold this one back for me. It just kind of seemed at times where it definitely slowed down and some of the action was just way too close. Where in those 90s ones, they do back up the camera a little bit so you can up see the whole action sequences here. And unfortunately, the 355 is one that I definitely say you should watch because I thoroughly did, I did have fun watching it and I definitely would watch, probably watch it again. But as a full scope of a story, I would probably give this like a two stars out of four here it's an entertaining watch that i can i can definitely put in and not be bored by it but there are moments that do get slow and the action just give me a little bit of headache so that's where i'm kind of falling on the 355 all right moving into our next film is the 1987 film of wall street directed by oliver stone from the director of platoon the next battle is in the greatest jungle of them all wall street we're going down the drain, okay? The stock is plummeting. When it hits 18, buy it all. Something big is going down. I want you to fill out the missing picture. Mr. Gecko, that's not exactly what I do. Where you can trade your honor. I could, I could lose my license. That's inside information. For power. If you're not inside, you are outside. I want you with me, buddy. I'm with you, Gordon. Trade your peace of mind. Just the beginning, pal. If any trouble does arise, you are on your own. The trail does stop with you. For a piece of the action. A hundred million dollars, buddy. All it takes is a little inside information. I don't care where or how you get it. I think you owe me. And you can trade everything you believe in. It's you and you can't, but you're too blind to see it. For everything you've ever wanted. I get a strange call from the SEC. This is heavy, bud. Why do you need to wreck this company? Because it's wreckable, all right? Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen, Daryl Hannah, Martin Sheen, and Oliver Stone film, Wall Street. Wall Street came out in 1987 and it's directed by Oliver Stone, sorry, Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen, as well as Martin Sheen. There's a couple other big actors in there as well we'll mention shortly. 
Uh, like I said, this is celebrating its 35th anniversary, and I've never seen it up to this point. I've, I've heard of it. I know they made a sequel called Money Never Sleeps with Shia LaBeouf and Michael Douglas in there as well. And I did know Michael Douglas did get this Oscar win in this movie, and I thought he was very deserving of this. Uh, funny enough, though, I'm looking at Oliver Stone's filmography, and I'm not 100% sure how many movies I've actually seen of his. I've seen Platoon, and I've seen Savages. Uh, let's see what other movies I've seen of his. Um, World Trade Center I've seen. And unfortunately, I think that's about it. I do own the Blu-ray of Any Given Sunday, but it's on my pile to watch. I've never seen Natural Born Killers, which is another one I need to, definitely need to watch, which is on my uh, watch list, blind spot list. JFK is another one, Born on the Fourth of July. These are movies that in the doors probably too. I've never seen. I I know of Oliver Stone. I know he's very kind of a, a director that gets really into his films and stuff like that too. So, and there are little they're longer movies. This one is not too long. It's only it's just sitting a little over two hours. Yeah, an hour twenty six. I knew that Oliver Stone's a really talented director, and I heard really great things about this. This is currently I believe Todd gave it a four stars. I think he's the only one who has seen it on our website up to this point. And I gotta say, Wall Street is one that I don't know why I've never actually wanted to watch it up to this point. I, I wanted to, I meant, but I hadn't had it. Gotta say, though, this movie, watching it, there is a cool factor in this movie. Especially when Michael Douglas on, is on the screen. He just oozes charisma as Gordon Gecko, this financial guy, broker guy that is kind of a head boss brings he's wheeling and dealing doing all his things under the table and and whatnot and you just get sucked into the world so no wonder bud fox charlie sheen's character gets sucked in there and wants to get the approval of gordon gecko he's the guy he's the big guy the big wig that gets the big moolah and so of course you get kind of as you're watching this film you get sucked into the story of course as the layers unravel you can kind of see maybe it's some shady stuff that's happened under the table but we kind of suspect it with these kind of financial financial crisis movies obviously you look at movies like margin call which is very by the numbers too uh, this film gets a lot into the numbers as well so i'm not a stockbroker i'm not really um following stocks or trades as much as i probably maybe should eventually because i know i'm trying to go into my company buying some trades but that's um that's in the future but anyway um, so i'm not really uh, as savvy as i should be on that these kind of things so some of the stuff does go over my heads on these 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 financial crises movies but it's still an entertaining dang watch i, I don't think i've ever seen michael douglas be this good before and he is, was definitely deserving of that win and i have to say man like we like when i say he oozes the charisma man i haven't seen a, a character this cool in a very long time i think the last cool character i really see that kind of plays is really rich guy i think robert downey jr as tony sark's a really cool character especially for that first iron man movie he just like oozes that charisma of being this like big shot guy he can do no wrong, and that's what I kind of feel with Gordon Gecko here. He, obviously, I think Michael Douglas was the the first guy who actually really did that. There's probably more people in before eighty as eighty seven here, but let's talk about Charlie Sheen. I never seen this guy act so good. This is before all the Tiger blood and winning. I'm by winning. I win here and I win there. Now what? Is coming off as erratic. Right. To people. Well, you borrow my brain for five seconds and just be like, dude, can't handle it. Unplug this bastard. Yeah, because it just it fires in a way that is, um, I don't know, maybe not from this particular 
uh, terrestrial uh, realm. Stuff that he really is known for today. But man, Charlie Sheen's a great actor. Uh, seeing some of his other uh, his other works, you're looking at his filmography, going back to see what stuff he's done. Obviously, he's he's appeared in Ferris Bueller's Day Off as a little minor character. He appeared in Platoon. He was good in there. He shows up in Due Date, which I think his character is actually pretty decent in that one. It's not a great movie. But this is like his best movie by far. Uh, while his best performance, he just he has that... He wants to. Um, he wants to omit the uh, coolness factor, but unfortunately, I don't. He doesn't. He does the best that he can. He's not Michael Douglas in this film, but he is really good. He what he waste tells with his subtleties with his performance here is really captivating. You're on this journey with Bud Fox here, and you can kind of feel the lows where he wants. He's tired of being in the rut, just being this middle player. He wants to be a big shot. When he gets gets his chance, he goes all in. But unfortunately, he realizes that some of his actions do have consequences to him. So you can see the rise and fall of him through this film, and you're on that journey, and you're just like, man, if you if we, if you would only have known who you were getting into bed with in Gordon Gecko, you would probably not want to be to be in that position. So seeing what how Oliver Stone was able to craft that story into this was fantastic. There's also some really cool characters showing up here as well. You got Kate Gecko, played by Sean Young, who is one of my favorite movies, is Blade Runner. She plays in and shows up in this movie. I thought she's not in the film that long, but it's kind of a cool choice to be Gordon Gecko's wife in this film. Um, you got John C. McKinley, which is, um, I really loved him from Scrubs, but he also appears in like Point Break and Seven, Office Space, and The Rock. Uh, really cool to see him in this role as kind of Bud Fox's, um, I guess, more or less friend in here, but he's another uh, broker that works alongside Bud Fox in the same like, kind of cubicle space there. And seeing him doing his little liners is pretty fun. You have him do his little trademark scrubs whistle, like like that in one of the scenes. That was pretty dang funny to see. I, I really like scrubs, and he's awesome in that show as well. Uh, let's see who else is in this thing. James Spader shows up here. Terrence Stamp actually plays this other competing, like, uh, big shot guy from Gordon Gecko. Seeing their kind of conflict back and forth was pretty fascinating. I like Terrence Stamp uh, from, you know, seeing him at Chancellor Florum and The Phantom Menace. I guess that's one thing that really came when I think of Terrence Stamp. That's the one film that I really think of. I know he's been in a ton of stuff, too. But it's just cool to see him in these movies as well. Um, Hal Holbrook comes up in here. Daryl Hannah. That's uh, that's I don't know why I didn't mention her before. Daryl Hannah plays like the love interest of Bud Fox here. He, she plays Darian Taylor. Uh, she's really good. I I thought she was a really uh, great. I totally didn't didn't know she was ever in this movie. She's another pr- person that was in actually Blade Runner as well. She shows up in Kill Bill and The Notebook. She's really good in this one. I don't think I'm going to remember her as well. I don't think it was, it's a great performance, but not as nearly on the same level as Michael Douglas or Charlie Sheen here. But the performance here, what she was able to do is this conflicting kind of this art dealer that is also in cahoots with Gordon Gecko, but having all her clientele given to her there. So she can't really cross them because she doesn't want to go back. She doesn't want to survive type of thing. She wants to be succeed well, just the bare minimal type of thing but there's so many different characters that do pop in and out of this movie that this one i think is definitely worth a rewatch here even though i've only seen it the one time and i really do enjoy i really enjoyed it and i was really invested and engrossed with the story there's so much stuff happening here that you don't probably don't pick up right away in the with one watch and this is definitely worth the rewatch 
And I definitely wanted to watch Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, the Shia LaBeouf sequel film of this one. So really looking forward to that one. Uh, currently right now, I think this is going to be my favorite film of 1987. It's I'm pulling up my list right now on Letterboxd. Uh, so this is a four-star film for me. Um, for 19, so this was awesome. This is my favorite new film that I watched, first time watch this year. My first four star film of 2022 from a 1987 film. It's currently my number one film of 87, and I'll give you my top 10 really so you can kind of see what's going around it. Uh, number one is Wall Street, two is Full Metal Jacket, three, Good Morning Vietnam, four, Lethal Weapon, five, Predator, six, Princess Bride, seven, Robocop, eight, Three Men and a Baby. Nine planes, trains, and automobiles, and number ten, the adventures of babysitting. Wall Street going into my top ten actually has just kicked out the Nightmare Before Elm Street three, Dream Warriors, and then right behind that is Raising Arizona, which I'm not too fond of. I probably deserve that probably movie probably deserves a rewatch to be honest with you, and I may have to do that in this segment of, of podcasting of anniversary watches. All right, so that's my thoughts on the three five five, and also Wall Street. So that I can be able to do a better job and conquering some of my goals and some of the movies that I have on my list. I came up with a randomizer. I want to do some of these anniversary watches this year. I need to do a better job doing some podcast episodes. I've been saying I've been too busy for a while and I just need to get back to doing them. I really enjoyed filling in with for Todd this last week and next week I'll be on the podcast as well. I gave him all four of them. But I kind of want to do some other stuff here too. And I'll have the guy, some of them on our, my segments too deep dive some films as well however i put a randomizer out here i'm going to do this on the podcast to go over with you so right now i have like about one two three four five six seven eight nine things on this randomizer ranging from 1982 87 92 97 2002 2007 2012 and 2017 as well as the big blind spots so basically Whatever this one randomizer falls on, that's what I will review a film in that French uh, that in that on the, that year. If I come up with Big Blind Spot, obviously that's a bigger movie that I haven't seen that's not really celebrating an anniversary, but we're gonna knock it out anyway. So depending on what this randomizes on, then we're gonna go into a, a list of five to ten movies in that given year or, or or genre, I guess, and then knock out that as well. So anyway, we're gonna push the spin button and see which what it falls on. All right, it is spinning. All right, and it fell on 2017. So very close, a uh, couple five years ago. So there we go. All right, so I put in a bunch of films in. I put about one, two, three, four, five, about eight, eight or nine films here. Ranging from films that I really want to see some, to some Oscar-nominated movies from 2017 as well. So the films I have in this little next round here are the Phantom Th Phantom Thread, France from France from France, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Stronger with Jake Gyllenhaal, The Post, Darkest Hour, Loving Vincent, and Marshall. There's a bunch of other like Oscar-nominated movies I haven't seen quite from that year, but I so I put a bit of mixture there in there. So we're gonna click. I'm really kind of wanting to watch Phantom Thread, France, or uh, I guess The Post in a way too, just to fill a lot more of my Spielberg list because I'm almost done with all his filmography anyway. So let's, check a, let's take a look. We're rotating now. Here we go. And our, we are following on, 
Hold on, hold on. Ooh, interesting choice. The next review is going to be The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Really excited for that one. I have seen his previous work of The Favorite and Lobsters. So really checking, look, looking forward to Killing of a Sacred Deer. Anyway, it's going to be next time uh, with a new release film review as well. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, I will see you in the next one. Tell me about the last time you took drugs. Right, the last time I took drugs, um, I probably took more than, than, than anybody could survive. You know. What are we um, talking about? How much? I don't know, man. I was banging seven gram rocks and finishing them because that's how I roll. I have one speed. I have one gear. Go.